PD. Yo, what up, Justin? Welcome on the Dirty Mike, man. How are you? I'm good and yourself, man. Good, good, man. This has taken, what, two years to get going? Yeah. You and me to actually sit down and have a drink? Yeah. It's been a while. What you sipping on? Uh, sipping some uh, super dry acai. Oh. Some good stuff. That is yummy. It is. So you were just right off the bat before I hit record talking about uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah. What was that about? No, that was just something I just ran, ran over with some somehow, some way, um, through some media sites, and just found that um, Paul McCartney wasn't actually still alive to this day. Like he's somebody else apparently, um, but mm-hmm. he still claims that he's Paul McCartney. So I don't know. I, I didn't get I didn't get much in depth in that, but um, it was pretty interesting, and I just had a something i just wanted to just spill out there since i saw that album up there it's pretty cool awesome well uh if you do feel like going more in depth with it i'm here for you but uh what's going on in your world right now uh, you uh, recently had a child right yeah i did i had a beautiful boy um in november uh you know uh got married as well last year congratulations thank you it's a uh, it's been a blessing overall so grateful and can't ask for anything more. Um, the only way is up. And so, you know, we're going to Italy next. I'm excited. Family's excited. And, um, and yeah, man, I, I, that's all I have from that. Oh, okay. So I have a question for you. Oh, go for it, bro. So how did you get into this, you know, um, doing podcasts and stuff? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, years. I mean, absolutely years I've been talking about doing a podcast uh, just never ending like as you already know I mean I basically talk and interview for a living yeah but when I actually get to talk with people I enjoy their company versus the other way around which is what I tend to be doing I can just talk forever and uh, it started getting pretty serious at least looking into it uh, in Guam with uh, my boy Rob and uh, a couple of others, and we talked about doing a podcast, came up with all kinds of stuff, and it never it never came to fruition. So recently, someone had brought it up again in the last year or two. I started looking at different things that were on the market that I could use to record, and after the ball we sat down to have like uh some beers with the president vice president and a couple of his friends because he's leaving tony who's yet to be on who's excited to be on and it just seemed like that that it was just the moment so the market was doing really well for me uh i pulled out of a couple of different positions sold some assets before before they turned so i i turned out real well and uh this is what i decided to get myself for christmas it's awesome not realizing that i needed cameras because it sounds great but man do you need <laughs> cameras and i don't have them so um that's my next purchase but i hope people enjoy hearing or at least getting into the show. So I have five episodes. This is episode six. And 
I'm just all about it. I'm having fun. I mean, I get to hang out with people that I enjoy their company and listen to conversation that I want to have. It's like I'm. we were doing this already. Yeah, exactly. We, we do this all the time. You and I like yeah. have had countless conversations and I get done with them and I'm like, man. Yeah, some good stuff. Some good stuff. Why didn't I record that? <laughs> so he, he, Tony and I sat down right before he left and we're like sketching out ideas and thoughts. Like he was really supportive. And I was just like, I got to shoot my shot. Not only is it something I've always wanted to do and people have said in the past, but then there was a dude, like someone supporting me, someone who would come on. The problem that I've seen so far with the people who are in that room who wanted to come on is it's, it's all, it sounds nice. It's fun to yeah. talk about, but then drop out actually getting them to come on it's different but just keep pushing so came up with the logo came with the show well i commissioned the logo that's awesome commissioned the the commissioning uh intros so once i get cameras especially there'll be a short little intro and just having a good time man so to answer your question in a really long way uh i've been talking about it for years decided I was going to do it, pulled the trigger, got a great deal on the equipment, and I wanted it to be portable because, as you know, with government service, we move all the time. Yeah. And it, it showed up. I have some of these, like I made the, the sound stuff here, which I'm waiting for some new stuff to get in. It was supposed to be here two days ago, but whatever. And I'm just, I'm just going to keep going, get better at it. Like editing's really difficult. Yeah. Um, I understand why people have people that edit for them or sound people that do this for a living because mm -hmm. nobody wants to edit. No, but I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm getting better at it and trying to get these settings dialed in, like having the gain and oh, oh, anyway, all, all the different stuff set up properly so that positionings, distances so that we can have a nice fun conversation, but then hear it later. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. I mean, I mean, I, I hope that all these people that are listening understand that they have a dream or they want to do something to accomplish it. It just takes that one step moving forward and just do it and, um, you know, make it happen. And yeah. when the majority of the time you have that passion for something, it's going to be successful. So I'm happy that you did. You can clearly hear me refilling my glass. <laughs> yeah, man, I thank you, man. I, I mean, just... In the few years that we've known each other, it's just been, you've been a, a, a constant source of uh, positivity, fun, positivity, re-encouragement. Like, it's just, it just makes sense. And I just want to say thank you for that. Likewise. And then, again, you just saying that for everyone else, like, just shoot your shot, man. Yeah. Go for the dreams. If it doesn't work out, what's the, what's the worst thing that happens? Exactly. Tell them all the time, man, like. I don't like saying like, I tell people, all the, you got to shoot your shot. You know, if it doesn't work out, same with asking permission, like, no, just go for it. If it doesn't work, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, what's the worst that happens? They say no. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, excuse me. I mean, that's delicious. It is. Anyway. So new beautiful child in the world. Yes, sir. Marriage move in what's uh 
what's the biggest thing on the on the horizon right now? Is it fear of the move? Is it the wife being ready for that? Moving with a young child? Like, um, for for me, I mean, doing this for twelve years now, it, it becomes normal, you know. Um, it's um, you know, new for them, but um, you know, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be healthy, I think, because um, whenever you move to a new location, at first, yeah, you know, you're gonna have some you know, nerves that's going to go on and stuff. And you're going to be, you know, in a new environment. But, you know, I've been to Europe. I loved it. And I know they're going to love it. So I'm happy for them to come out there with me and make some memories and enjoy the time out there. And, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I, we, we all are excited. We can't wait to leave <laughs> to, 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 to go to the next one, too. Um, hopefully one day retire and start a real life outside the military. Yeah, man, retirement, terrifying. I'm right there. Man. I don't even, I, I don't know what's up next. I'm so, for lack of a better word, institutionalized with this is where you go, this is what you do, this is how, you know, and a saying in all branches, you know, all you got to do is show up on time in the right uniform and you'll be okay. Yeah. And... What happens when that's all over? You become and, successful outside. Yeah. Even more so. I mean, you already know what you need to do. It's just that 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 micromanagement or that person to tell you otherwise, you know, you're able to make your free will as a free citizen to yeah. do what you need to do for you and your family and make the best out of it. Do you feel that you become institutionalized or you'll be able to make that transition no problem? I think I think for everybody it's gonna be a little little life changing. Um but yeah, I mean, we're able to adapt to so many obstacles and variables that the military gives us and you know, just that nature of us and that uh daily aspect that we need to adapt and overcome and that learning technique, um, will is really gonna help us in the long run. A lot of people can't do that. They're not comfortable. Um, but this is the lifestyle that we live, so it's normal. Um, and I think change is good. Um, and there needs to be change. Uh, routine does become, um, boring. So, you know, I think a good scenery and good lifestyle and healthy lifestyle and to live it out with your family, um, and to make memories and to, um, you know, enjoy it while you still can, while you're still alive, while you're still young, while you're still healthy. That's, that's part of the, the institutionalizing I was saying, like. I love change. I love moving. I love the fresh start, figuring things out, being part of a community, building those bonds. And for some reason, the thought of retirement is scary because I don't know how I'm going to build that community, which I already do. We're just talking about it. And that's the part I enjoy. But I just have a fear of when there is no more moving and I'm stuck in one place, how am I going to build that community? Or maybe, I guess it's a fear of failure and I've never thought about it. I talk to my wife about it all the time. Like my, my fear of stepping out of the role that we're in 
terrifying going back to being not only in one place, but in America only and not being able to build those bonds, but sitting here talking about it, maybe if that's what I enjoy and I just said it, then I don't need to be so fearful, but the fear of getting out of the institution and, and adjusting back into the regular populace It's, it's large. Yeah, it is. When, you, when you're at your level of, in your career, where you're at, you know, I'm, I'm eight more years and I have yet to think about that because I know I'm still so far away, but yet tomorrow I'll be there in the same seat. And, and we have to think about that now. I mean, can't wait till the last minute, the last couple of years that we're like, oh man, this is it. I mean, it's only a few moves away. It is really is. I mean, I can't believe that uh, it's only a little over a thousand days if you break it down. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. So you said you've been to Europe before. Yes. Uh, and you enjoyed it. So you're looking forward to going back. Where were you? I was in Rota, Spain. That was my first duty station. Can you tell me what it was like? Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, the people were great, hospitable. Um, the land and and the culture embraced it. I uh, usually embraced uh, and I love embracing culture throughout throughout the world that I've been. Um, and yeah, the 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 sights, seeing and and stuff like that, exactly like you see in the movies, even better uh, because your eyes and the TV picture doesn't do justice of the area that you're actually seeing. So I really enjoy it. Um, been in a lot of countries in uh, throughout Europe, and um, there's a lot more that I haven't gone to that I'm planning on hitting the majority of the EU and um, knock it off my bucket list, make some more memories. Wonderful. What uh, what was your biggest? What made the largest impact on your life in Spain? And or what was the biggest takeaway? Like how did it influence you and your life, like to now? a good question um i mean for me growing up and stuff i think you know i had a military background my dad was in the army for two years um but you know he brought us up through that type of like you said um the system and and like how we were raised and um you know I'm not trying to go all deviate from the subject or anything but i don't know please it was um it was um very humbling and i've always wanted to be in the military and i think uh you know, having that pride that my dad had about being American and fighting for your country and stuff like that, it it kind of resembles uh, the patriotism that I have as well. Um, and I love it. I mean, I think that really shaped me for who I am and who I was going to be and how the worth ethic that I had when I was a child and young adult um, transitioning into the military was amazing. Um, it was like a left seat, right seat for me. It was not abnormal. I thought everything was normal. Um, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, I think overall, I don't think the military shape, and I think my, my dad did and the men in my life, my grandparents, you know, my grandpa, my uncles, all the military as well 
our brother and I, you know, we're both in the Navy. Um, he's an OS1 over there in Bahrain right now, and I'm here. Um, so we both have had that time in that, you know, has shaped us and we're able to communicate even more so, understandably, of our job and, you know, how we're relatable in the aspect of the infrastructure. And it's great to communicate and um, and talk about our lives and how they've how they've grown, how we've learned, uh, what we've accomplished, and what we need to get better at. There's always room for growth. I don't think you can have your growth stunt in the world. Um, there's always room for improvement, and the sky's the limit. So, um, yeah, I think my first duty station was amazing, and it uh, it gave me it made me very humble uh, to be in a foreign country by myself and to learn that, you know, family and loved ones back home mean everything. Um, so when I go home, you know, I give it all. I give it all because you only get, if that, 27 days, um, 26, 27 days for travel and stuff to be home and, you know, I make every, every moment count. It's deep. So your entire family uh, has a military background? Yes. So dad was army. What else? Grandpa was army. Uncles were army. Um, my, my dad's, one of my dad's brothers, um, he is a third eldest. Uh, he, he taught me a lot um, when I was in C-school, going through military work in Nog Handler School. Um, you know, he always told me, he told me this one, this one, uh, like statement that I will carry it for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, he passed away when I was in Spain, um, which was, yeah, man. it's all good. It happened two years, about a, a year and a half, two years after I got there. So, um, uh, he told me, uh, cause he was a Vietnam veteran and he went through battle and stuff. And I had to ask him some, I wanted to ask him some personal questions cause I was so interested of like, um, grandparents were telling me and family members, like, don't ask him questions. You know, it's very personal and it's very dark for him. And he's told, talked to nobody about his experiences. So me, you know, going in there talking to him, um, and hopefully having that camaraderie as being a military, uh, you know, member as well, that I'm able to, uh, to get something out of him. And I was very, um, you know respectful ensuring that I wasn't crossing any lines and ensuring that he was willing to if he wanted to um divulge into that information and he did some dark stories some sad ones his best friend died in his arms um with uh by a machine gun fire as uh the guy was from uh Texas as well and they went through boot camp and everything they went to Vietnam together they're in a platoon together and um they had uh had gotten ambushed by the Viet Cong and um, his best friend went around the um, the enemy and uh, started doing cover fire for them while they go over the berm to take them out and he got shot with a, the machine gun and um, yeah he died in his arms and yeah that was pretty sad to hear that about Valor um, but he always told me, he's like, you know, if you ever feel like you're in a tight spot, you know, don't fall back, just regroup, 
regroup and get back into the fight. And, you know, I've always, I pushed that statement in uh, a lot of events in my life, and it's always worked. It's always worked. Man. I can see you're getting emotional, and it's definitely a deep story, but is there anything else you would feel comfortable sharing um, about that interaction? I mean, other than, you know, we were at the VFW just drinking and just taking that time, I was able to request if I could uh, record, video record this moment of history for our family. And he said, yeah, no problem. And uh, he was a very humble and amazing man. And I'll always remember him uh, with good thoughts and kind words. I, I, I'd never had anything, never had an issue with my uncle. Anytime I visited him, um, it was, wasn't as much as I wish I now could have had knowing, you know, what he's gone through. A lot of people don't understand battle wounds, um, the mental state of people after coming off from war. And um, I didn't understand, um, unless you've been to war, you wouldn't understand the, the mindset, what's going on, the devils that they have, the demons, and, um, you know, what they're constantly regretting. Um, he did tell me another story. Um, I asked him, what was the worst thing you saw? And he said, well, um, the first week that they were there on ground, that um, there was a kid that came out of nowhere. He goes, you don't, you don't know who's friend or who's foe. Um, and a kid had a rifle and pointed it at us. And I shot him. And I blew his face right off. And he said that day, and that moment haunts him every day. And, you know... I was trying to picture the gruesomeness of that. And I couldn't, you know, as much as we see horror movies and stuff like that, um, YouTube videos or whatever, that's graphic. I think it is completely different from seeing a video of somebody dying or that you injured or killed um, really take effect mentally of how real and scary and haunting that could be but other than that you know uh, that's pretty much yeah pretty much it I uh I guess when I sit here with my response there's a lot I just can't talk about, but I can only imagine from what you're saying and, and what other combat veterans have seen. So it's one thing to, I mean, I swear social media, they, uh, kids even, but people who are on there see, you know, death and destruction every day now. For some reason, it's just all over. 
people's feeds and just going on Facebook where people used to connect. I don't know if I should say Facebook, but uh, social media, really. All of the platforms and people every day, the feeds are just filled with people losing their lives. And I've seen so many deceased people in my job, both before, well, I mean, even before my job, but especially with my job, my, my primary profession. But that's totally different. You know, someone's just gone versus I made them gone. And I'm, I'm sure that was a tough time to, well, I guess in, in the way I'm imaging it, that, you know, you were able to connect with him. But also, you know, a tough time for him to recount those things with you. Sure. Uh, people just don't get it, though. It's just, it's something different. Death is real, and it's raw, and it's in your face, and... If, if you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, you don't want to know. Exactly. So lucky that we're in a time that people don't have to deal with that. If I may, though, with that conversation, which I can tell went on for a lot more than what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. What was your biggest takeaway or some what impacted or shaped your life the most out of that? You know, um, you know, him being able to open up to me and I'm very enclosed. I'm very private. I don't talk to a lot of people about my personal life or what goes on and what I've gone through. Um, but when he was able to talk to me about a dark event or a dark time in his life that he's never talked to you about, um, I kind of sense some peace. Uh, a mixed emotions. I can't just say peace. I could say a lot of mixed emotions. And it was very... um admirable um uh it was it was very something that you know humbled me and i was able to say well i mean if somebody's gonna be able to talk to somebody else about this you know i should be able to do the same thing hopefully it may help um because you know we're men um i think society has has done ill will to us as men because you know we're 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 supposed to be the strength, you know, the man, you know, you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to show emotions, you know, um, like, you know, um, sad stuff or sad emotions. You know, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be, you know, have a good head on your uh, shoulders and move forward and suck it up. But <laughs> nowadays, I mean, men are, 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 are so weak because we are not able to talk to other men or want to talk or are told to talk because that shows weakness. And when he told me what he told me, I, I saw so much strength come out of that man. I thought he was a superhero because of what he did and what he's done. And not only for, you know, talking, but doing for the country, for other people, selfless, not selfish. Um, act and um, 
you know, I took that and I ran with it, understanding that, you know, I need to find somebody that I can find in. And that's my dad, my best friend, my grandpa, another best friend, um, men of, of good faith, uh, men of strength, men that are willing to talk to me about anything, literally anything, any topic that I bring up. Uh, they're not, you know, turning the blind eye and being like, nah, we can't talk. I don't feel comfortable about talking about it. No, they're, they're men that are willing to educate me and to let me learn something I don't know um, so I can be a better man, not only for myself to be a healthier mental state and um, you know, have a better understanding of what I don't know, but also for other men when I talk to them um, and, and to let them know and go deep dive into their, you know, true problems possibly and try to corroborate or collaborate or to understand and man you know what majority of men nowadays we all have the same issues but we don't talk about them and um i think i think we should i think that'll get us some stress off our back and make us better and stronger knowing that you're not alone and um i'm all for it definitely People being, people being, <laughs> I said people being twice, but <laughs> males being emasculated, unable to stand up in a lot of places. I mean, there's freedom of speech and you're able to express yourself, but in this current day and age, there's no way around it. The the emasculation that you're not able to, if you're not speaking up for what's popular, then is it right? Um, I mean, I, I believe we could probably talk about this all night, but right is right. Exactly. Even if no one's watching, wrong is wrong, even if it's the popular decision. And it's not a popular choice to do the right thing. I don't know what it is. I mean, speaking of what you're speaking of, back when men were men, and I have no, I have nothing against anybody, any preference, orientation, religion, belief. But you can't you can't stop as we are men men from being men. You shouldn't stop men from being men. You you need you need the warriors, the people that are gonna stand up and, and fight for what's right. Tell the bully, hey, that's wrong. With words first, I'm not saying with any with violence, but the f the fact that saying, "Hey, that's unacceptable, and you should stop that, or it's not right." In my experiences, I have stopped so many bullies, but that's not a popular decision or a, a popular stance anymore. We got to let everyone, whoever's the loudest person in the room, is right. But normally the loudest person in the room is also the dumbest person in the room. 
and man, I can just keep going, but I would rather a, a rather famous quote at this point, but I would rather be who I am. You know, the warrior in the garden doing peaceful things than someone who has no idea completely emasculated doing what's popular today or in whatever age but doing that thing and not knowing how to support their family go for what they believe in teach their children what's right and wrong it's it's it shouldn't be the difficult choice but it is and you brought me back to uh you said your father's your best friend, which there's no way to beat around the bush is a rare thing. And and my children, my sons, uh, one of them tells me every day, we, we just call each other best friend. It's awesome. Hey, best friend. What's up, bro? And we... we we truly do have a, a best friend relationship. And I almost felt, not almost felt, I did feel until this conversation, you know, that maybe that's a, a rarity or it's awkward or I'm not allowing my son to socialize enough or properly that I'm his best friend. But I want to be his best friend. He's mine. And what a pause, but hearing you speak with passion about it reinvigorates my desire to keep that going, for lack of a better word. Good shit, you know. It's amazing. I, I, want, I want that too, one day. I want to be able to have my son call me his best friend. And that's a rarity in itself as well, isn't it? And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And um, I can tell you that I have uh, maybe, maybe once or twice in my life have ever heard that they've called their son or their father, their best friend. It's, it's this person. He's my best friend. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to hang out with this person. And we forget our backbone. Who brought us here? Who's who, why are we here? How did we get here? It's all because of mom and dad. Oh yeah. Without them we're nothing. Without our brothers and sisters we're nothing. It's amazing. Yeah. And so so many people don't have that. I don't know how or why. so many split households where they're unable to have both I mean it's a two piece puzzle it is it doesn't matter which way you're from but two pieces the, and to be shorted 50% of your life experience and education 
I mean, if you really think about it, you should be able to gain that knowledge and experience from your grandparents. If you're blessed enough, great-grandparents. And to feel, per se, what I just didn't, you know, about it. Like, man, am I, am I doing something wrong? That they do view me as their best friend. Do I need to socialize them more? Do I need to force him to go out and have more friends? Is it for me? Is it for... Definitely not in a shy away from it. It's deep. I don't think you should worry, honestly. It's that's out of your hands. Um, I, mean, I, I know you... I know a lot of people try to force certain things on certain people and it doesn't work out. So let nature take its course, you know, like God, God has already had his, his plan and you can't change it as much as you want to. That free will that you have, that you're trying to instill in your son, he's going to know. Cause you know why? All the love, the love that you're giving him mm. and your children. And they're going to yearn for that in somebody else. To want to marry one day, emulate that same love my mom and dad had, that same love that my dad gave me, that my mom gave me. I want that, and that's why, you know, parents are a key role in a upbringing of a child, and it'll make or break their future as well if they're not showing the respect to their wife, giving a hug, giving a kiss, saying "I love you," showing affection, showing love, tenderness understanding, being a good listener, <laughs> spending time. I think, you know, we as parents, you know, me being a new parent, you know, it can be, can be very arduous and um, a lot of energy to be expected to come out of me after a long day's work and stressful day at work. And But we have to separate work from home and we also have to understand that our kids too want that energy and that love that we give our job. They deserve it. It's not demanded. It's deserved. These kids that we have, they didn't ask to be born. They didn't ask to be in a position that if you were to, to damn them, to not give them what is deserved. You wanted a child. You made love. You had a kid out of that love, then they should be able to receive that love as well. Because I know that every parent, I, I can't, okay, I'm not going to say that. Majority of parents, in my opinion, I would think that having a child is, is a blessing and, and also it's something that you, um, you want. And when that baby is born, and the first time you hold them and see their face and feel them for the first time, it's bliss. It's, it's an unreal feeling. And then it's amazing feeling. And I could ask for anything. I think that's the greatest gift of all is life. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, I come I come from one background 
when I've raised my kids, children in another. Um, what you're saying, I, it's, it's beautiful, but, well, not but, it's beautiful. And sometimes I wonder if it comes from a place of being a more mature as a, as a human and a man. I, I had children very young, as I think a lot of people do, or a, a, a good portion of the population do, and I, uh, again, very young, I was focused very much on my career in the young years of my children. And I, I, I know I've said it to you previously off microphone, but in my experience, you know, parenting is nothing but mistakes. I know that sounds really negative, but there's no handbook for parenting. And parenting just being nothing but mistakes. Oops whether it be a punishment or anything else, oops. Oh, and then you find out later, oh, that oops is oops, permanent damage there. Oops, permanent damage there. Uh, as an example, I, 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 I have to give one from, from a statement like that, but my, my son, my eldest, all boys, but my, my eldest son, Focusing on promotions, focusing on everything else, staying those extra hours at work, giving more to my profession than my family because they're so young, they won't know it'll, it'll pay off in the end and they won't remember it. But these are things that shape their future, which is another thing, but that's not where the story's going. My eldest and I are playing and sitting in a pool as kids would, you know, gathering water in their mouth, spitting it at the parent. I, I don't know how old your child is. I know very young, so probably not being, you know, hanging out in the pool together yet, but I would say a common thing where you, they gather water and at each other and then Dad or mom does the same thing back, and it's a fun thing, and ha ha ha, laughing, having a great time, beautiful memories, lifelong memories. But he ends up breathing water up his nose. I know for him, very terrifying thing. Me, his father, consoling, taking care of, letting him know what's up. Fast forward a couple of years. I mean, this is infant, two years old, to being in the pool. Jumps in, terrified, 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 where he's able to walk and then jump in the pool. And Dad's right here, I'll catch you. We're playing in the pool, building those bonds, breaking the fear of getting water up your nose. And at one point, he's having so much fun, he jumps in without saying, Dad, catch me. And again, breathing in, you know, gets water up his nose. 
now, well over a decade later, will not go underwater without a, a mask on. This is a very small, one could argue stupid example, but the impact of two-year-old him breathing in water, breaking down those barriers to where he's comfortable in the water again, the same thing happens, still young, and then now will not, just can't. He doesn't have a fear of water. It, I, maybe he does, but his friends and everyone else want to go to the pool during summertime. And he'll go. He's not afraid anymore, but he won't go in without something covering his nose. And I know that that's a kind of a ridiculous story, but again, it applies to everything when they are young and how your interactions, even during the times when we as adults say, oh, they won't remember because we don't remember moment by moment things from that age. The effect, now you take that as a pool and breathing in water to any other situation that you can think of. And he was very young. Again, toddler. Taking years to get him to go back and be comfortable in the water. Then happening again. And he's an adult. And has a fear of getting water up his nose. And I... Not that you or anyone else wants to hear, would like to share another story, which is my middle son. I don't know why it's more comfortable talking to a man, a brother about this, but things that I haven't even really talked, I've told this story maybe twice, boasted deep personal friends. After this, I'll probably have to share it with my wife because I haven't, but it makes me think about the fact that I haven't shared it with my wife. But my middle son, I'm on night shift. And you know, night shift, it's, it, it is what it is. You don't have a choice when you have a contract. But I'm sleeping during the day, working during the night putting food on the table, doing what has to be done to support my family. And my middle son has the pots and the pans and the spoons and is going to town. And I, again, I'm a very young parent. Excuses don't mean shit. But I am no longer asleep when I need to be sleeping to be effective during the evening and my son is banging on pots and pans, drumming. Very unique. Uh, I understand that you only have one, but I, I have 
multiple children. And it's just a crazy thing to see how, though they were raised in the same home, with the same parents, how different each one can be. So he's very into the arts and musical side of things. Pardon me. So he's banging on the pots and the pans, and I come out, and I've been awoken. I'm tired. I got another full day of work. You know, 12, 16-hour shift after. And at the time, understandably upset. Now, not so much. But in that moment, understandably upset. And I take the pots and the pans, and I'm very irritated. Put them away. Don't do that anymore. Like, he was doing something wrong. And I would say almost luckily realized it later. Not soon after, but later that that was wrong that my irritable, unrested self stopped him from expressing what he was feeling and the energy and making something. That ting-tong, you know, pots and pans, well, that was just unbearable. But for him was music. For him was creative. And I stopped him from doing that. And... He by no means plays any instrument to, to a level of note or something that he wants to do for a living, but years of, come on, let's do this, let's do that, trying to get him back to that fun thing. Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, was speaking, I believe, on probably a podcast. And again, uh, more mature parent. But the eggs, like I spend money on eggs. And the child wanting to break the egg. And that's an experiment for them. For me, that's a bunch of money going down the drain. But what is it? A quarter? A little more? And stopping him from experiencing that. Doing that experiment. Oh, when I... And, you know, it falls and it cracks and there's two different colors and... It's sticky and why and all the why questions that he could ask dad. Where if I blow up that he made my house messy and broke an egg that cost money, which was hours that I was away to pay for that egg and equating that in a business format for him that, you know, there's just two sides there's two sides to the coin. And I feel I've lost the, the track or the point that I was working towards. But to circle back to the original, just like parenting is nothing but mistakes. And things that affect them way down the road. I don't want to scare anyone away from parenting. Not that my words would affect that, but... It is nothing but mistakes, but the mistakes are yours, not theirs. And the effect is lifelong, you know? 
and owning those mistakes and realizing those mistakes and being able to to boost them up and reassure them that whatever it is that they're doing, expressing their creativity, expressing themselves, learning something new, you're an adult and you know all of those things, but being a child, they don't know any of it and they're looking to you for for guidance or understanding at least the why questions. And just to encourage you as a new father, especially with a son, you know, no matter how annoying or upsetting or to the point of anger you might get with it, that it's new and fun and interesting to them and to support it, you know. And everyone's upbringing is different and their point of view on reality is different and we assign our reality to everyone else. The fact that your father was your best friend it was a different reality for me. Maybe you assume that fathers are best friends to all of their children. I don't know, but anyone out there might too. You know, it's a perspective. And we as humans assign our reality to everything around us to make it make sense. That little one, their reality is right now. They're making their reality. And when you think it's too much to just realize it's brand new for them, you're you're too much. Support it. Definitely. Um, you know, it's so I thought that was a great uh, thank you for sharing that first and foremost. Um I um you know, you're talking about the newness for them and the, the experiment. Um I was um I was listening as well uh, to some information on, you know, how to understand a child and stuff before I became a father. And I, I was very, I'm a, I was very, uh, before having a child, very, you know, embarrassed of being embarrassed. Um, I didn't want to be, you know, seen as or seen at all in any aspect, whether it was my, my own doing or a friend's doing or somebody else's making an embarrassment um, of, of us that people are looking. I was very, I didn't really care for it. Um, and, uh, I was told, um, that, you know, you know, being a, being a parent, you have to understand that, like you said, it, it is, it is something new and, and fresh for them. And it's exciting. And it's, um, and we as parents have to, um, separate our adult thinking and be a child so we can better understand them, accept it, have fun with whatever they're doing. Be crazy, be goofy, accept that. And who cares who's looking? That is your life. That is your livelihood. And if they don't understand it because they didn't do that, then they missed out on their children to get that. And their children missed out on that fun. They're being stern. They're being, you know, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Nah, man, like you can do whatever you want. 
as long as you don't do anything bad, you know, like crossing that line or or whatever the case may have. But, you know, and, and I took that and I ran with it and I am that today. And I gave some advice to another fellow parent and I told them the same thing, you know, just trying to get them motivated. They were like, you know, they had nephews and they were telling me that, you know, every single time I go see them, you know, it was just hard. You know, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, what would you, let, let's go do this. I'm going to go take you to the park. And they were just like, no, nah, I'm good. Or, you know, let's, let's go do this. And then I asked them, I was like, hey, have you ever asked them what they wanted to do? Hey, what do you want to do? I'm going to take you out anywhere. Where do you want to do? We always think that it's us. Like we're doing the things for all, what, what, please, what, what, what are we going to do to make us happy? Are we going to have fun? I want to have fun too, but it's not about us. It's never has been about us. When we're in that adult figure, we have to be a child and be the best friend or that friend and understand what do you want to do so I can have fun. And if, and if I don't, if I'm not, if that's not a place for me, I'll make it work. I have to make it work. Whether you fake it or not, it's not for you, it's for them. And if you do that, you're, you're, you're going to be their best friend. You're going to be someone that they rely on. They, they want to go out with you because you know what? Hey, man, dad takes me here because he knows that that's my favorite place. Or, man, if I say this, dad's going to take me there. And, man, I'm so excited. I want to I wanna hang out. I want to hang out with uncle. I want to hang out with cousin because you know what? They know what I like. But it's because we asked. We didn't guess or we didn't just put our own, you know, entertainment in front of what is really true entertainment for them. So, um yeah, um, and it was great because that person listened and, and I hope they took my advice because yeah, I think it would make a world of a difference for them and their relationship um, with their nephews. And, uh, you know, I know it has for me and I am very short-tempered and, uh, you know, having a son um, really has shaped and molded me um, better and I'm very proud of that. I'm very happy that it has because it's not about me anymore. Um, and I'll do anything that I can to make them happy and smile and giggle and, and, and just feel full of life. Because whatever they give to me, I receive that and I'm able to give it back to them. So it's a reciprocation of love and it's a constant, constant role. And, um, you know, those that that's what's gonna be a long lasting um feeling absolutely i don't know if i expected to go into parenting but i love it it's a beautiful thing i need to use the uh restroom do you mind if we take a break <clears throat> welcome back we were talking off mic for a moment But I would like to, it's difficult to just recount, recount a bit of my story with my parents since somehow, which it's not negative, but somehow we've centered this episode kind of around parenting, or at least this segment. And with parenting, I think it falls into leadership, which maybe we'll jump into, but I know my parents gave anything and everything for, for me. 
and did their best to make me have a good life, as I think anybody who's a parent does. And short segue, I, I definitely thought uh, I'd be interviewing you and you'd be doing more talking, but somehow it seems as if I'm the one doing more talking. And I'm not going to segue off that. We're just going to continue. As a parent now, and knowing that I'm able to understand that my parents did everything that they could for me to make my life as good as possible. But as a kid, you know, again, you only know what's in that moment because you're learning life from there, from ground zero. And my relationship with my parents when I was younger, you know, great. Couldn't, couldn't tell you one way or the other because that was my relationship with my parents. And we, we definitely came to an impasse. And in understanding trying to be as political as possible, but in understanding, and regardless of one way or the other, I ended up, because of disagreements with their beliefs or their rules, to where I no longer lived there, I, I tell very few, but I'm telling whoever's listening, you know, could be the whole world, but I've been homeless. I know that that wasn't a great experience for them over a disagreement, but I, uh, I know what my experience was living on a sidewalk or under an overpass or anything else. It's, it's, it's uh it's different and you can blame and feel some kind of way and there was definitely resentment towards my family but i have over the decades rebuilt that and uh like we were talking about off mic uh, I, as technology has evolved, have reached out little by little to my family and developed a, a system for us, which, you know, thank God for technology, I'm able to be on the other side of the world and spend time with them. So every day on the way to work, I I call them or FaceTime them. And from the home to the office, they get that time. We talk about at first very little, but now very much in that short amount of time because we know how much time it is, right? We you know you build a system. But I call them every day. And... 
I speak with my family every day, which I find is, when I tell people that, is more and more rare. Because, because my, my, you speak of your father as your best friend. And my son speaks of me currently as his best friend. I hope that that continues. But sometimes you come to a, it's my way or the highway. And I chose the highway. Some choose my way. Who knows? And I hope with the support of my, my loving spouse that I don't put my kids in that position because of what I've experienced. But you're also a product of what you're, how you're raised. And maybe I will. And I wanted to talk about my parents, but I had a very eye-opening experience where my wife, who never knew my family prior to marriage, you know, living overseas and doing all those things, never, she never met them. How could she? We were overseas and they, she never knew them prior to that. That's the point I'm getting at. And my eldest and I, also being an eldest son, were having a disagreement, almost at an impasse. And I was hell-bent on how I was right and he was wrong and it was unacceptable and we were beyond arguing and though she wasn't there just what I had shared with her the stop it you're doing exactly I, I remember clearly sitting by the stove in the kitchen and her being to stop it. You are doing exactly what you told me. Your father did. This is the moment. This is the thing. Of the stories that you've said are, this is what is equating to what's going on right now. You're doing what you didn't appreciate. You're doing the thing that ended everything for, you know, a decade or more. You're doing it. It was extremely emotional. I was at a loss for words and I had to sit back and think about myself. And it brings me back to, though, everyone, we're all, you know, on this rock shooting through space. Regardless of people's opinions, whether it be a no-sphere or not. We're out there. And I said it earlier, but we all assign our own reality to everyone else so that it makes sense. And she brought that back for me into reality of how do you parent? You parent the way that you are parented. 
you hate it. <laughs> but you're reverting back to the way that you were parented. Because what, what else do you know? The answer is, is you don't. And I was just starting the cycle over again. And it took a, a hard conversation and talk. Or yelling, who knows? Of truth. And the truth hurts. To bring me back and have me slow down. Maybe even apologize. Ask for, though, though he's my child. And sometimes we, I think parents think that we control that time. Can I have some of your time? May I have some of your time? Let me tell you why I am the way that I am. I apologize. I see where you're coming from. I didn't, but, you know, thanks to your mom. I do. And this is where I'm at. And let's move forward. You know, when they're in their teens, especially their late teens. I hope it made a difference. I feel that we have moved forward in a positive way. But it's hard, you know, having been there and then been going down the same road and that circles back though I don't have the the absolute pleasure of driving my kids to school and having that time to talk to them about what is life or whatever questions they have they've seen on countless occasions you know me speaking to my family for that time even if they're not talking, they're a part of it. I'm on the other side of the planet. The other side, their night is my day. But they're a part of it. And my folks were able to, or have been, and continue to be able to have that 10, 15, sometimes 30 or 45, depending on traffic minutes to be a part of my life, to be a part of their grandchildren's life. And we've rekindled, you know, we've rekindled whatever the relationship is now, regardless of the, the depths that I went to, that calling them and just talking to them, that we have a relationship. And then even more so now, To the point that it, it's rather recent, but this is what affected me. I'm not mad at you, but I, I will tell you, especially in front of my children, that this, I think this was wrong. This affected permanent change in my life. Not in the best way. I understand. I do. Calm down. That you were doing it because you thought that was right. You were trying to give me the best life you could, but just so you know, and I can have closure, this decision was not 
the one that made positive impact in my life. And I know you and I have had conversations about positive impact. But my goal in life is to make a positive impact in someone's life. I mean, just one. If I can do that, what a successful day. To affect positive impact, positive change in someone's life. And I, I'm not trying to get emotional, but having this conversation opens doors and now that I'm saying it, I wonder if the positive impact I'm making in my children's life is just the coming through the door and saying hello and great job on whatever you're doing. Not every day. I think it might lose its value and I don't make a conscious decision, but to tell my children that I'm I'm proud of them. <laughs> Even if it's a a video game or something else. We as parents push our children to be better because we want them to be more than what we were. But taking the time it sounds so shitty. But taking the time, even if that thing doesn't mean anything to you. When they tell you they've uh, obtained a goal. Or been successful in something that's meaningless or minuscule to you. That you're proud of them for obtaining the goal that they. That they weren't trying to obtain. Currently it's video games attaining whatever rank. <laughs> but for them, it's video games. For me, it's real life. It's a rank, right? But, like, they made it. Yeah. And saying, great job. I'm really proud that you were able to get to X, Y, and Z. I hope it pays the bills. I don't know if it's the right way. <laughs> but... And I don't know if it's self-serving. But I appreciate my wife, A, bringing it up. And then I'm proud of myself for telling, it's so stupid, but for telling my children I'm proud of them, even if it's not something I understand. You know? Yeah. I think... um you know, what you just are talking about it, or words of affirmation, it is something that we all need um, to help us understand that we are doing something worth living or that's going to make us happy. And, um, you know, talking about words of affirmation, I'm, uh, my wife and I reading a book called The Five Love Languages, um, Military Edition. Um, but, um, and I think that has a lot to do with Dr. Chapman and his research on studies throughout other couples that is, uh, really impactful to better understand your spouse and, um, how to, uh, reciprocate that love, uh, towards one another. And then 
you get that basis as you in my opinion as you and your wife has because she's there she got your back she's able to let you know hey you know you need to fix what you what you messed up and i'm here and i got you because you're not realizing it but i i realize that you need to say something you need to correct yourself because they're children still and they need that support system and you're that support system you're the support system that maybe you didn't have that you want that you wanted to instill, but you're not doing it. And I got you. So that's amazing for your wife to come in clutch and to help you out as a team, as one. And so um, the words of affirmation are gonna really, I think, pull dividends for you and your family in the future because I know I need it as well. And I, f- I, I sometimes I wouldn't feel um, that I'm prideful because that's um, a cardinal sin, but I am I um, I am very pleased and happy that you know when I do something that I did it right and I did it uh, I did it just hopefully um, the work that I do so you know that's amazing that you know you're able to come to collectively as a family to be able to move forward and understand that be in that position that you don't see yourself as being a important thing or aspect is important to your children that you're able to bring to light that, Hey, you know what? doesn't matter what you do, what you put your mind to. I got you, son, because you're going to be in that spot sooner or later in your life. And you probably, you have been in your, in that spot to where you're like, man, do I, I really wish that I had somebody to tell me that, am I doing things right right now? And sometimes we ask God, I know I do, like, what am I doing wrong? Like, send me a message, help me out, because things aren't going my way. I'm not getting the love and praise from my family that I I thought I would, or the accolades, or I'm working so hard, and there's nothing. So what am I doing this for? And that goes down um, to your kids if that's the same way that you're going to treat them that, eh. He should have gotten that rank or he should have, you know, that's expected of him. No, it's not. What is expected? Anything that he puts his mind and heart to. And so just as much as you do, um, we should do as well. Reciprocate that love of words of affirmation. Let him know you did a great job, man. I got you. Keep it up. Let's get, let's get all the way. Let's max out that rank. And, um, you know, I know, hopefully, I love playing video games, so I can relate. Uh, I hope when my son gets older and I'm I'm still, you know, you know, gray and old that, you know, I'm still playing video games so I can play with them because I love it and uh, I love sports and stuff like that. So I hope, you know, they, they take two. If not, ain't no harm, no foul. I ain't going to pressure them into playing sports if they don't want to. But, I mean, they're either going to go left or right. Sport, um, that wise, athletic or academics. I mean, there's two ways of the spectrum. Um, But yeah, I think, uh, you know, I want to go back a little bit on what you said. You know, you're telling me like, you said that your dad was your best friend. You know, he was my best friend. throughout my life and I had to understand that by means of trial and error 
it, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, we all have best friends, whether they're your parents or other, you know, men or women. And, um, you know, you're going to fight. You're going to argue. You're not going to talk to them. It's going to happen. Um, but it took time. And uh, it happened over a course of my life. But no matter what we've gone through, um, we're always able to amend our relationship, amend our relationship back to normal and try to better understand each other. Um, being overseas, majority of my career, um, it's very tough because I only get so many days to try to make it work again in real time, seeing face-to-face -face other than being on the phone and um, talk about real real life issues, real stories, real real life events. And uh, I think um, with him and I, our relationship has just grown and we've had our ups and downs. But, you know, we didn't see eye to eye for several years. Um, you know, I, it, it took a lot of time, a lot of effort when I would go home to try to make things work. But I always knew that if I had picked up that phone to call, that he would answer or he would get back to me if he didn't. And then I would call other friends when I needed something or like some guidance or assistance, or I just wanted to talk and they would text me, yo, I'm busy, man. Uh, I'll call you later. Later turns into weeks, weeks turns into months. But when I hit my father, same day, same week, and he didn't even have to tell me, I, I just knew. And comparing the two, I already knew what a best friend was. And, uh, and that's why I give him that title that he's earned since I was a, I was born. I was already given. But as um, being an adult and child and stuff and learning and not agreeing to his ways and stuff like that, being a rebel, it kind of didn't make sense at the time. I was like, you know, my dad can't be my best friend. Like, there's no way. Like, he's my father. But, yeah. Yeah, best friend will, should, I mean, I know, I know I would for my, for my, for my best friend, I would, I would die for them. Uh, they're, 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 you know, they should be second to your, to your spouse, man. Like, you're talking about your best friend. I mean, that, that, that's heavy. That, that's hard. That, that's real. So, and you, you shouldn't have a lot of best friends in my opinion. Um, because. So it's very rare. If if you do, hey, great job, man. I mean, you trust a lot of people, but it's hard. It's a very small circle. I have a very small circle. And my circle is everything. I'm kind of like um, that movie. Uh, uh, what's that movie with um, Ben Stiller and Robert De Niro? I'm kind of like him, like Robert De Niro, like my circle. You're in my circle. I, I tell you when you're in my circle. And when you're out, you're out of circle. And when you're out, you're out. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like that. Mm.
I also have a, a very small circle. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is what it is. And the title of best friend, I agree with you wholeheartedly that some pass around the title of best friend. 20 plus best friends, there's, there's no way, in my opinion, but there's no way. And the title of best friend should be, you can only have a few. Your children, as we discussed, being your best friend, they're, they're in the household for as long as they can be. But is that not the definition of best friend or mentor? You're, you know, best friends can go both ways and we can learn something from everybody, but to have to, in this day and age is, is best friend not someone who's able to, they're not fair, whether they're there for you. There's someone you go to as a sounding board to discuss issues in your life. Is your best friend not somebody that you trust for guidance, regardless of whether they have the experience or not? Are they not a mentor with experience of the same or different things that you trust their opinion? It affects your life. And I was not, again, I had no expectations coming in here as to what that would be, but your first set, well, I'd say my number one, my best friend, being my spouse, whether it was years and years in the making or not, she is. And then, you know, the next tier being my children. I only use best friend because that's the title we're using, but is it not your kin, the people you spend the most time with? That's in a separate tier. And then the very small group of non-blood relation or marital contract that's turned into a lifelong friend. You know, I'm not telling anyone how to live their life, but the title of best friend is a very small group. And though I was going to go into mentors and coaching and leadership, I do, I do kind of want to transition to friendships in general. Very, very tight friends that maybe a younger group would say is their best friend. I mean, they might go as far as to throw away their, their livelihood or their career for that person. And you don't realize the impact that it has later. That best friend is a very, at least on the clear level of where we are, you and I, sitting here now, assign the title of best friend. 
it's a very select group. If I can transition into moving frequently, as we do, how do you maintain those friendships? Is it something that you're able to do easily? I know you said you had a very small group, but how do you maintain with the, the people that are, you know, bridging the gap of title of best friend or people that you might consider best friend while moving every thousand days? Um, you know, that's kind of crazy because you're bringing that up because <clears throat> I'm assuming, in my opinion, you know, we all had best friend childhood growing up with um, certain people as well, close circuit. And um, I too had two best friends at that time that I had that title with since I was in second grade all the way up to when I joined the military. And um, it was 20 years of my life that I've known them. And um, moving to Spain, trying to maintain that relationship that a best friend was very difficult. You know, I was trying to, you know, have common ground with them. And our common ground was playing video games online, which was great because we were able to socialize and, and laugh and bring up memories and, you know, enjoy the gaming experience. And that was our time to continue that relationship. And I was like, this is, this is easy. You know, I'm not missing a beat. We would update each other on our, you know, on our lives, what's going on at work or personal and, you know, off time. So it felt pretty, you know, easy at that time. But, you know, you know, I moved to the States. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought we we're going to see each other. You know, I was like, hey, you know, even when I was in Spain, I was like, hey, you know, bro, you, you come out or what? You know, like, I got you. You need me to, you know chip in half of your ticket to come out of here please do so and yeah they'd be like hell yeah man i got you i'll go see you in spain the three years came and went never did once come out kept giving me excuses i can't man can't do this can't do that i was understandable you know i thought gave them benefit of the doubt i see them on social media Going here, going there, New York, Florida, Cali, they're from Texas. I'm like adding all that money up, right? I'm like, man, they could have they could have came to Spain, man. That's crazy. That's great. You do it for yourself. All right. Got orders to go stateside. Alright, it's gonna be easier. I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to get go back to normal. Maintain that friendship. And I tried. And, I, and when I say I, I literally, it was it was me trying to maintain that relationship of being a best friend. And um, same thing. Hey, man, you come out and see me. You know, hoping that my best friend would come through. And I'm stateside, you know, I'm I'm, I'm money efficient. You, it's easy day. Nah. Yeah, man, I got you. I'll be there. 
I was like, all right, man, you know, four hours flight, you know, it's not a big deal. I did all the search for them. Like, it's going to cost you like $300, man. You don't have a, you don't have to have a place to stay. I got you, bro. Like you stay at my place. Everything was like hunky dory. Like, I got you. We're good. We're good. And four years, I think, uh, I think it was once every year I was trying to get them out just to see them and have a good time, reminisce, bring back some memories, make some new memories. Never happened. And then, you know, a time passed and I went on to Bahrain. I went over here and the title flew off with best friend. But my family all came through. Hey, you come see me over here? I got you. I'll be there. I think that's where you know, I think that's where the title and everything and understanding what a best friend was. Because that didn't matter. Money didn't matter. My time, it didn't matter. Because you know what? I know that we're only here on this earth for a short period of time. And as much as I can to be with that person that I love and I truly care about, I'll make the earth move for you. And that speaks volumes. And I think that's where the maintaining for me just kind of fell out. Because I knew it was a lot of work. It was a lot of open-ended. Never never happened. Because it's a two-way street. It's a relationship, right? It's a best friend. It's a relationship. Absolutely. So, two-team. And if one partner is just working his ass off for nothing, it ain't going to happen if the other party ain't working either. Yeah, moving the title from best friend to fair-weather friend it it's very it's very deep it's very it can be very hurtful but i mean that's something that i'm so unbelievably grateful for my time in the service if i didn't have that if i didn't experience the constant struggle the moving we're not talking about downrange. We're just talking about here and now, wherever you are. You would never know that that person that you bestowed the title of best friend upon was actually just a fair weather friend. It's hurtful. It's hard. It's deep, it's raw, it's it's a lot of things. And they're they're there for you. They have life experience and shared memories and everything else. But and it's a big but I now know due to what was unfortunate, but you can take it from any perspective. You're actually not my person you're not that thing that I assigned this title to you're a great person I enjoy the moments that we have together but you no longer have that title and it's not words that needs to be spoken it's in actions and you Going out of your way, finding the flights, this, that, and the other. Same thing I've done. I have that exact experience with several people. 
as hurtful as it is, and I've already said it once on here and countless times previously, the truth hurts. But knowing it's a blessing in disguise as pain. Knowing that you are not there when I need you to be. It's not hard. As you said, there's a place for you to stay. I have X, Y, and Z set up for you. All you got to do is jump on this flight. Maybe you even buy the flight. I don't want to get into stories of that nature for myself, but I have everything set up for you. All you have to do is jump on it. Does it hurt in that moment? Yes. But at the end of the day, Lodging, transportation, stateside or international travel, I got you. Just get on the fucking flight and come, come hang out. Do that thing that we used to do and to know that I was putting in ten times the effort that you were. It hurts, but is it not a blessing to know that you are investing too much when it wasn't reciprocated? Most definitely. And then that's how I was able to make a smaller circle. And um, my family came through like usual. I think uh, I want to backtrack a little bit on that usual retake because not all family members are the same. Not all, all human beings are the same. Parenting... But um, I like to say that, you know, my family, I guess you could say you, 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 uh, you think, you know, and I wasn't testing anybody, but you, you think that, you know, your family got you and stuff like that. But two times whenever you're out there and you're doing your thing and you request that request, you know, you're not crying, crying wolf or anything. You're being genuine about that request of like, hey, mom, dad, or you know, says, bro, you know, you come out here, I need you, or, you know, you want to take a, you want to take a vacation, come out here and we can, we can plan it. I'll give you time in advance. So this isn't just a split of the, uh, of the thing to just go out there and just do something without, uh, being a, you know, proper planning, but it, and, and they're on the same page and they're coming out there and they're being, giving you suggestions and they're helping you out and they're figuring your stuff out and, and they're down for it. And, they make the purchase. They make they make the itinerary, or vice versa. And I did that for my mom and dad when they first came out to see me overseas. I knew, I knew it was like light and light and day. You know, it, it just happened, and I I knew it was like, man, you know what? That's real, and that that's my best friend. They're my best friends. So, um, you we don't take that for granted. I don't take that for granted. And um, so deep. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And like you said, it's a blessing in disguise. I, I completely 100% agree because you don't have to waste that time no more on them. You go ahead and put that energy to somebody else that really does care about you. And then you're going to get a hundredfold back. And and that's what happened. And yeah, we have our ups and downs in every relationship. You know, spouse, brother, sister, 
mother, father, you know, siblings or, you know, children, but it all comes full circle. Everybody sooner or later will understand whether it's, you know, sooner than later, hopefully sooner than later, but I think um, everybody's going to learn and everybody's going to have to learn. I, uh, I I try to teach and other and mentor others about learning the easy way and the hard way. And I've always, I've done both. Uh, I think a lot of people have, and they try to mentor others to ensure that they're taking the easy, but yet hard way out because the easy way is, yeah, you can, you can research it or you can ask somebody, which is the easiest way, which is the hard way. The hard way is going out to yourself and doing the research, not asking for somebody to give you the answer, but you go find the answer. And that's what experience, that's what uh, maturity is. Um, and, and, and wisdom comes from. So, yeah, I think that, that was a great topic to talk about overall. And, um, I really enjoyed that piece pretty deep. 1000%. And I, I think this is a, I have a lot to comment on it, but I think it's a great point to take a break. If we end it, we end it, but knowing where you stand, as hurtful it is, it is as it is, is a blessing. So uh, let's take a break real quick and decide where to go from there. Thank you for getting so so deep with me not that i necessarily want to but transitioning into leadership i think parenting and leadership regardless of how some of the younglings might feel is so deeply connected you know yeah uh, i recently wrote this down and I spoke on one of my previous episodes about writing your feelings to someone completely unconcerned on their last day and handing them, you know, a letter. And this has held true to me for a long time. There are two, and in the best circumstances, three types of leadership. And there's the negative or the bad leader, which pushes everyone around them down so that they appear tall, standing above the rest. And I think we can relate to one specific person as of our recent history. There are the great or the good leaders who build everyone else around them up. And a byproduct of that is that they look good. Good leadership. You build everyone around you up. And you just look good by comparison. And then on the very rare circumstances, there are great leaders. The best. The ones that build that team and build them up. And 
in that team, they turn, that leader turns each of them into those team members into something great. They learn, you learn, and we take it to a whole nother level. And that's rung true to me for many, many years because the person explaining that to me, I put them in the category of a, of a great leader. But what's also comical is how you wear on each of those members in your team. Because I know people that despise that same person. And I think that they're good leaders. <laughs> but they would not say the same about this person. I think, go ahead, if I may um, say that you just saying that um, you said earlier um, in that doing what's right and um, that's not always a popular thing to do. So I think um, that speaks volumes because a great leader is going to be somebody that does something right when no one's looking. And a lot of people are going to be envy, envy of that because, you know, they're going to see them possibly as being a perfect person or that they, um, oh, they're, you know, goody two-shoes as they may call it. But a great leader knows what right and wrong is. And they also are able to hold themselves accountable at a higher level. And that speaks volumes because a great leader is going to go ahead and take that bullet for the team and put them down before the team goes down. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say that because I think that's what a true great leader is, is taking one for the team, ensuring that their people are safe and that there's no repercussion towards them moving forward into their career and their lives and impact. And, um, yeah, leadership plays a big part in, in everyday life, whether you're being a mentor or a person of interest to enhance somebody's life for the better, being selfless for another, putting them first and not your own, um, aspirations our intentions to be successful because it will come. It will come. Every day will come. And uh, patience is a virtue. And if you have that patience and you have that power of understanding that it all goes around full circle back to you because you're able to put the team first, you're definitely going to be an amazing, great leader one day. 100%. Top side cover. I've heard used in many circumstances, and that uh, plays true into what you just said. Top side cover. Leadership, mentorship, parenting. It's a hard thing. Pete, I just want to say uh, how grateful I am for you coming on today and your friendship 
your positive reinforcement, your positive energy. Thank you. Uh, I think we're at a point where we can confidently close out this episode and still be really having, though there was no goal at the end of it, met our mark and making an impact in someone's life if they listen to this. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for digging deep and, and giving that, uh, giving that emotional connection. I appreciate you both being on the podcast and in my life. And I, if you ever have time, I would greatly enjoy having you back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, those that are listening, I mean, you guys, I really do hope you understand that, you know, everything that's going on right now, today and other days prior to these sessions are going to be impactful, hopefully, to somebody out there. Um, this man uh, is real, 100%. Uh, there's no script. It's all from the top. It's all from the heart and from the soul. And majority of the time, you're going to have people that are going to be talking to y'all that are not real, that are out there to persuade you, to give you false pretense, yeah. to make you think the way they think, and not give you that free will like this gentleman has given y'all to understand, to be able to be real on this podcast. And I'm really grateful and thankful for you as well to reciprocate the love. And, um, you know, I would love to be back. This is an amazing experience, first and foremost, my first one. But um, I hope to talk to you about and others about other issues going on in real life scenarios and situations that we all can probably attest to and also probably help out those that have yet to go and through these experiences that we've gone through so uh, they can better themselves and be prepared, better prepared um, going through these life's um, struggles and issues or um, to enhance them in some way. And, um, you know, I think this has been a great, um, this is a great venue first and foremost. I love this place. I'm definitely gonna come back and uh, thank you for even considering me because this was a, a great experience and I'm very appreciative and I definitely could say that you know, I'm looking forward to continually to talk to you uh, throughout your life and I hope mm -hmm. we can stay friends and move forward, man, and, and continue to grow. Oh. 